Hey everybody, Art here. Uh, due to the Thanksgiving holiday, Mr. Bunker gave Andy and I the week off, so we're releasing an episode that's been locked away in the Bunker Vault. So if it sounds a little outdated, that's why. Anyway, enjoy the show. Bye bye In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as... Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, listeners. Hi. Thanks for being here. We're happy you're listening. Oh, my God. Listeners, Andy is full of so much sass. (laughs) He's oozing sass. Oh, I'm sassy. You're a sassy little minx. I'm sticky and sassy. It's sassy molassie. (laughs) You're a sassy molassie, and today's topic is a little sassy. Oh, it's sassy, it's sexy, it's a cryptid or two. It's a cryptid or two sent in, Andy, by another listener. Another listener sent in Wow. Uh, episode. Now, this listener has sent in one before. Whoa. The Flatwoods Monster. Oh, I know who this listener is. This is Nick from Joliet. Nick from Joliet. Longtime listener, fan of the show. Longtime listener, fan of the show. Great episode submitter. Great episode Um, submitter. Big cryptid fan. Huge cryptid fan. Can't get enough. Horror movie fanatic. Great guy. Um, I like him. And uh, he sent this in. Uh, We're talking today about... The Bishop Fish. Bishop Fish. And the Sea Monk. And the Sea Monk. In a double header episode, Scravaganza. Art, surely you mean Sea Monkey. No, Andy. I mean the Sea Monk. Oh. Uh, There's Tony no... Shalhoub under the water. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, the best detective with OCD you've ever seen. It's a jungle out there. <laughs> That's some Randy Newman. There you go, baby. Hey, listeners, if you don't want to hear Andy sing Randy Newman, and why wouldn't you? It's great. Don't even try to get away from it. I'm going to pepper every part of this episode with it, <laughs> listeners. Uh, you can look at the show notes, and right at the tippy top, there will be a timestamp for when the research into today's topic begins. You can skip right ahead to the research. We know you want to go there. Uh, but first... It gets our stamp of approval. It gets our stamp Time of stamp approval. approval. But first... Oh boy, Andy and I got to talk to you listeners and ourselves about how the titular Mr. Bunker, the illusionary mastermind, uh, captured us this week before we get into our research and our discussion and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics. Yeah. our new intro and um, theme song. Say. Yeah. Anyway. What do you think of it, listeners? Let us know. Yeah. Use the hashtag new intro and theme song. <laughs> Use it. 
<laughs> even though it will have debuted much earlier than this yep. episode. Yep. But we're talking about it now. Mm. Don't worry about the timeline. Anyway. <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> look, you don't need to peer behind the curtain. Okay, you, you're in Oz's castle. Just, this is how it is. Look, listeners. You're in Bunker's bunker. Look, listeners, uh, Mr. Bunker doesn't release these on the exact date. That's true. There's some engineering that goes into it. He decides. It's his choice what comes out when. It's a real Bunker's choice. <laughs> and the Bunker is wild. Andy, speaking of Bunker's choice. Uh-huh. Bunker had a choice today uh, whether to capture you or not. And as always, as predicted, uh, he has captured you. Yep, he sure did, Art. And uh, this one was literally quite a journey for me. Literally? Literally a journey. journey. Um, Art, I grew up watching the Today Show. Ah, the Today Show with Johnny Carson. No, No, that's the Tonight Show. The Today Show. With Craig Ferguson. No, that's. The late show, the mm. late late show. Mm. Um, the Today Show is the morning show on NBC. The David counterbalance. Letterman. No, that was late night. Okay, with David Letterman. Okay, I'm a little confused. Uh, the Today Show is the counterbalance to the Tonight Show on the NBC network. Ah, the this NBC is during had the day. Tonight at eleven thirty. This is during the day. And today at seven a.m. Mm. And you grew up watching this. I grew up watching it. It was so on you're the TV. a young boy, and instead of watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're watching the Today Show. Art, we live in homes with families, and as a young boy, you don't always get the control of the remote control. Hmm. Sometimes I... you control the remote. Sometimes the remote controls you. Yeah, because your parents are hitting you over the head with it. Yeah, saying I want to watch the Today Show. And I said, please give me more Soledad O'Brien. Get, <laughs> you don't get to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but you know, I feel kind of bad for you. Watching the Today Show, I really grew to love its lukewarm, reductive delivery of the news. <laughs> um, so since I was a supple I young love boy, that Prozac news, baby. I, give it to me as easy as you can. Yeah. So ever since I was a supple young lad, oh, I- supple you were. I have dreamed of like going to fucking plumber and nectarine the juice <laughs> bite into me down your chin. Watch me explode. Oh yeah. Um so I've had this dream to go to Rockefeller Plaza and meet the Today Show cast in person. Wow. And it finally happened. It finally happened because Andy famously we've been to New York together. And we've been to Rockefeller Plaza, but you didn't get a chance to meet. We were there in the afternoon, so That's right. I mean, we couldn't get on the show. And I took a dump in the basement. <laughs> you sure did. And let me just say this, <laughs> listeners: if you're in New York City and you got a shit, don't go in the public restroom at Thirty Rock. At that Thirty Rock, it's fucking disgusting. One of the most disgusting bathrooms I have ever been in. You've heard it here first, folks. Trust me, don't go there. Go to a restaurant, buy a meal, and go to that bathroom. You will thank me later. <laughs> disgusting. Disgusting bathroom. Artie's Bunker Bathroom Tips. Um, well, <clears throat> Art, this time I went in the morning, and so I was able to be at the plaza Wow! when the cameras were there. Yeah. And uh, I was holding a sign. Okay, that's fun. You know, like they do on the You're Today You're holding show. a sign, and that's fun. And the sign said... Mother Smuckers, I'm 100 years old today. Because, <laughs> you know, you remember uh, 
You remember uh, Willard Scott? Jam. You remember Willard Scott, right? It was a little before your time. Uh, Willard Scott, uh, <laughs> former weatherman for uh, the Today Show. Okay. Um, he did this segment all the time where he wished uh, centenarians happy birthday. Uh, and that was sponsored by Smuckers. Oh, wow. The Fruit Preserves Company. Lovely. Um, so I had a sign that said, Mother Smuckers, I'm 100 years old today. And, of course, I got on camera. Um, I'm being interviewed by my favorite cast member, Carson Daly. Oh, um, TRL. Uh, but it doesn't go so well. He's going at me really hard, first of all, for not being 100 years old. And uh, it's also not my birthday at all. <laughs> So nothing on the sign was uh, true except for Mother Smuckers, I guess. Um, so Carson Daly's there. He's ridiculing me for uh, making a Willard Scott reference at all. And then he calls me a pig. <laughs> which I guess maybe he's a fan of the show. Carson, get at us. Um, so the cameras go, you know, they cut away. They go back to whatever inside the studio. Sure. The cameras go off. And uh, Carson Daly is actually like, conciliatory uh toward me he tells me you know that this is it's kind of an act it's for the tv right it's for the theater of it that he doesn't really want me to feel bad right you know you know he could tell like when i got on camera like yeah there's obviously a disconnect between me and the sign i'm holding sure and my only story is that i made up the sign so i could get on tv um and so he offers uh he invites me um to come into his office in uh, 30 Rock, and uh, he, he volunteers to give me a tour. That's nice. Of the Today Show studio. You're hanging out with Carson Daly, yeah. your favorite. It's... You're finally touring your favorite studio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go inside, and he brings me into his office, and it's uh, it's obvious from when we get in there, it's a, a windowless closet with no furniture. <laughs> so... Well, you know, you got to work your way up. I mean, on I, the Today Show, I know right? real estate's at a premium in New York, but like, a I'm like, closet. Mm, this is weird. A little suspect. This is weird. Um, so, I, you know, I'm starting to get suspicious. Uh, this might be another like classic Carson Daly prank. Classic. He's known for his pranks. He's known for his pranks. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't want to be the victim of a prank. That's right. He made um, his roommate eat cat shit. So. You know, I don't want to eat cat shit. Yeah. Even though I've done it voluntarily before. But, um, you know, we're we're in the office and Carson says he'll get me some water. Like he's going to go get me a bottle of water. He leaves the room. Uh, the door shuts. The door locks. I can hear it click locked. Uh, and then uh, the the room is like pitch black. The lights go out. And after I'm there for a while, just in the dark, unable to get out of the room. Uh, it's just starts, there's like, it's like a tremor. It's like an earthquake. The room just starts to shake. Oh my God. And I'm feeling the sensation of being lifted. What? Um, so then the room is like jostling around. Like I'm, I'm banging against the walls and stuff. Oh no. Good thing there's no furniture in there. Yeah. I mean, it would have been bad. I mean, it's good that it was empty because I mean, I'm just being so jostled, uh, violently in, in the room. I'm just ping ponging from wall to wall. (laughs) inside this this windowless closet. Yeah. Um this this continues for I mean honestly it felt like forever. It felt like an eternity. Wow. Uh this just keeps going and going and going. Uh finally mercifully the door to the office opens 
And there's Carson Daly standing there. Oh. He has a bottle of water, which I greedily drink up because <laughs> I was thirsty. Um, he offers to give me that tour of the Today Show studio. So I'm like disoriented a little bit. It's been dark. Like the light's very bright. Right. And so I stumble out of, of his office and, uh, and, and, and here I am. I was here when I come out of the office. I'm in the bunker. What? Yeah. I come out of his office and I'm in the bunker. Where was Carson? Carson was bunker. Oh my God. Carson Daly was bunker. How dare he impersonate journalistic legend Carson Daly. He impersonated Carson Daly on the Today Show. He had some sort of faux office constructed into 30 Rock that he then to somehow- To the exact scale of what Carson Daly's real office slash changing room is probably like. <laughs> he did all of this, and then he transported the whole office with me inside to Good the bunker. God. Is there no end to this motherfucker, how this guy will go- to just take what you love, like the Today Show, <laughs> and just rip it out. He he goes for your heart. I mean, I, pun intended. On some on some level, it's it's almost cruel to yeah. do this to the things to take a person when they're when they're at their most euphoric. Right. Meeting Carson Daly in his windowless office. Previously, is when you were eating linguine and clams, and now. Listening to a Bon Jovi cover band. So many. Uh, using a porta potty. I mean, he strikes when it's the most. Bunker is that guy who me. says all is fair in love and war. Yeah. Bunker is the type of guy who steals yo girl. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't honor the bro code. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. Yeah. He's uh, he's got a questionable. Morals and ethics. I gotta say, it's fucked up. Yeah. So that's how I got here. Jeez. Well, Andy. So at I least still have never met Carson Daly. You, no, you kind of got to go. I mean, you got to hold up your little sign. I was on camera. I think those were real. Yeah, I think you might become a meme. You think so? You might. Mother smuckers. <laughs> I'm a meme. <laughs> Andy the meme. Andy the meme. I can't talk, but yeah. I sure am fun at parties. Well, Andy, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, on the flip side, I'm a good person. <laughs> you are for sure. And uh, I was doing some charity work. Wow. I was doing some charity work. As you know, Andy, it's uh, it's getting a little bit. It's cooling down outside. It's not cold yet. It's just cooling down. It's getting nice, but, you know, sometimes people underdress or they forget or, you know, maybe they don't have the means to afford top-of-the-line uh, clothing gear that you need to survive in this city. Mm -hmm. So I was doing some charity work because I'm a good person. Right. I'm not that vain. No. I'm good. Yeah. I was doing my favorite kind of charity work. I was walking around the train platform giving people free hugs to keep them warm. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, people love that. They do, but I think some people don't understand how to accept 
my charity. Like I think people are put off by how good of a person that I am. Right. They feel selfless. I am saying like, I'm here to give you a free hug to keep you warm. Right. Right. Like, you know, they make up all these sorts of excuses. Like this is my personal space. I don't know you, which I don't know how that's possible. It's all sorts of like stupid excuses that I just don't get. Have you thought about wearing a shirt while you do it? You know, I've thought about it, but I just think it's better to go bare chested with a big overcoat. I mean, I know that a big skin, heavy overcoat. I know that skin on skin is a good transfer of 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 well, heat. It's energy, how you but, conduct, just like metals. Yeah, how metals conduct electricity. Yeah, science. Mm-hmm. The science is all there, Andy. Any so I'm walking around and I'm giving. I'm trying to give out this charity. Right. Trying to do a good thing for people. Well, wouldn't you know? Here comes a CTA worker. Oh. But it's not. It's fucking bunker, of course. (laughs) Go figure. I mean, he probably, you know, and I I figure maybe I'll bury the hatchet. Give this guy a hug. You're going to kill him? him? No. Oh. Keep him warm. I'm going to go bury my copy of the hatchet. (laughs) By, uh. Yeah. That guy. The person that wrote that book. Um, By, uh. Gary Paulson, of course, which I knew. I because I read it in its entirety. You know what I would do is I would put my hatchet on an airplane and let it crash in the wilderness, <laughs> and then just see what happens. Boy, I tell you, if you had a hat, if you had a copy of the hatchet when you were out in the wilderness, it's not as good as having a hatchet. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm out there trying to do good, Andy. All I had was my the hatchet. <laughs> you couldn't survive. I had the book, not the implement. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to do some good for fucking humanity for once. And of mm-hmm. course, Bunker has to come along and bungle it up. He sees bungle me. It. He sees me trying to do this good. And you know what he does, Andy? Fucking threw me on the tracks. What? He threw me on the goddamn on the, train tracks. On the CTA tracks? Yes. He threw the me electrified on the, tracks. Well, in the middle, they're not electrified. There's just wood there. And you know what? I'm not convinced that the train tracks are electrified, to be honest with you. Oh, they're electrified. I see CTA workers walking over them all the time. Yeah, they don't touch it. Nah, they step over them. Yeah. And they're always picking them. It's safe. Mm-hmm. They tell you that it is, but I think you'd be okay. <laughs> Listeners, have you ever been on the CTA tracks? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Regardless, you shouldn't try unless you're a professional like me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Listeners, don't try this at home. Throws me on the tracks. I'm like, what the f- I'm getting mad. I'm trying to help people. You could get seriously injured. Huh, you say that, and all of a sudden, the train starts speeding down. Luckily, it was a train covered in mattresses and pillows and blankets, and it scooped me up. It was all padded. And it scooped you? Yeah, it, like the force of the train hitting like just kept me like oscillating between the tracks and the train. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kind of like... uh. A shovel? Are you the shovel or like, is the Like uh, when you shovel snow and you just kind of push it on the ground. Yeah. You don't pick it up. Yeah. You don't scoop it up. Anyway. So you weren't scooped. I wasn't scooped. You were just pushed. You just kept pushing me until I ended up here. You know, that's what I get for trying to do a good thing for humanity. How did he reroute the CTA train here? You're telling me. No, I'm asking you. I don't know, Andy. I don't know the inner workings of his mind. Surely you saw you were in the front of the train. No, I was being oscillated. I was like... Wow. On the goddamn train. You know, I feel like um, 
Mr. Bunker's got, um, I think that he's toying with us in a way because last week, uh, we both had bad band experiences Mm. and this week we both had bad transportation experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yours was transportation too, right? Yeah. So I'm feeling like maybe he's, he's messing with us a little bit and theming our abductions. You know, I think, I think you're right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what there is to learn from that, but all I know is that I'm done doing good. That's the nail in the coffin for you. Art's going dark. You, you're going to be evil now. Turn and heal. I'm drawing a goatee on my face and I'm going to, Glue some devil horns into my head. I'm evil art now. What's what's your first heel move? I'm gonna poison a water supply. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's extreme. Is it yeah. too much? Like I'm gonna steal a piece of candy. <laughs> okay, that's... from a receptionist desks that I have no intention of doing business at. They might not care. Um, you'll care. You go and guess what? It's flavored Tootsie Roll, the most delicious of all candies. Those the fruit flavored Tootsie Rolls. Those are fucking great. Are they not? Vanilla, blueberry, or blue lime. raspberry, whatever it lime. fucking is. Oh, lime's great. Cherry's the best, obviously. Always is. Cherry's number one. I'm sure there's a lemon. Equally as good. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Andy. You have no match for me. I will eventually steal a damsel, tie her up, and put her on some train tracks. If uh, if you have turned heel, then it I is probably the most heel move to come out publicly in favor of the fruit-flavored <laughs> Tootsie Rolls. Are you kidding me? No. You hard candy motherfucker. You think you're hard? I like gummies. Oh, that's right. You're a gummy boy. Yeah, I'm a gummy boy, obviously. <laughs> I forgot I'm about like an that. anthropomorphic gummy bear. Yeah. Well, Andy, this is it. This is a new turn for me. Get ready, listeners. Who knows what's going to happen next week? I'm scared. You should be. But maybe, I'm a good guy. Maybe, Andy, maybe today's topic, I can repent my sins. Yeah. Maybe there's hope for me. Yeah. Maybe you'll be absolved by something that doesn't dissolve in water. <laughs> okay. A fish. <laughs> a fish. A fish. They don't dissolve in water. That's correct. Uh, because today, listeners, do, we're I talking guess. about the bishop fish slash and or sea monk. Uh, and, uh, they are, they're cryptids. They are possibly a race of undersea dwelling Catholics, <laughs> Catholic priests. Yeah. And, uh, potentially ordained. They could give me the sacrament of confession. Yeah. And I can confess my evil sins. And he's got plenty to confess. And, uh, I'll be saved. But uh, listeners, you're going to be saved from hearing us talk for about 20 seconds until our research. So here is the Bishop Fish and Sea Monk. Amen. Oh, who lives 
in a monastery under the sea. Bishop, Bishop sea, sea monk. monk. Poison chase and absorbent is he. Bishop, Bishop sea, sea monk. Chip. Oh, this is going great. If nautical sacraments be something you wish, Bishop Sea Monkfish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Bishop Sea Monkfish. Are you ready? Bishop Sea Monkfish. Bishop Sea Monkfish. Andy, what are we discussing today? Bob. Bigfoot? No! You're wrong, Andy! <laughs> We're talking about the bishop fish and the sea monk in a doubleheader cryptid extravaganza. So get your sea legs on, you crusty old barnacle. Oh, Art, uh, my barnacles are always crusty. <laughs> Anchors away. <laughs> Come closer to your AirPods, dear listeners. For we shall tell ye an old salty sea dog's tale, which begins in the Baltic Sea in 1433. <laughs> Polish sailors captured the bizarre specimen and took it to the king of Poland as a gift. The creature was large and scaly with a fish-shaped body. Instead of flipper or fins, it had bizarre claw-like hands. On its back was a large fin that could allegedly wrap around its body like a clergyman's cloak. And finally, its skull was humanoid in appearance with a hewn brow that resembled the hat worn by Catholic bishops called a mitre. Hence the name Bishop Fish. The king of Poland was pleased with his new cryptid pet, and he kept it. Later, for some reason lost to history, a group of Catholic bishops were allowed to visit the king of Poland. And look at his strange new pet. I like to imagine that the king of Poland sent them a letter that said, Dudes, you got to come check out this fucking rad new fish that my <laughs> boys Jacob and Powell caught in the Baltic Sea. It looks just like you guys. <laughs> that could have happened. Yep. So the bishops had an audience with the bishop fish. According to legend, the fish gestured at the bishops, trying to communicate its desire to be released. The bishops then told the king about this. And the leash complied. The bishops returned the man-fish to the sea, and before it plunged into the depths of the ocean, it turned back and made a sign of the cross at the bishops. Go with Christ, brah. <laughs> now, uh, listeners, this wouldn't be the last of Bishop Fish's story, though. Its legend grew after these reports. They say when the bishop fish was angry, the seas would become angry, too. And trapping a fisherman's boat, the bishop fish would then find the location of the fisherman's daughter and warp her to its lair. It would feast on the daughter and absorb her energy before ejecting the carcass back to the fisherman. And the sea would rest. The storms would clear. But I'll tell you one thing, Art. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking sick of these stupid fish creatures always trying to eat our hot fisherman babes. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. These damn fish. Pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. I'm freaking peeved here. I can tell. Andy, perhaps that's just an old fisherman's tale, though, right? <laughs> because in 1531, in Germany, German fishermen caught another bishop fish. Mm -mm -mm. This one refused their food and died after three days. This creature was logged and included in the fourth edition of Conrad Gessner's Historiae Animalium, which we will come back to. But first... 
Yar, my dear listeners, is it more sea cryptids ye be needing? <laughs> Fear ye not, dear listeners, for there be another tale to tell. Well, the sea monk doesn't have as much of a story as the sea bishop does, but anyway, in roughly 1546, a sea monk was caught in the Strait Oresund between Denmark's Zealand, not to be confused with the new version near Australia, and Sweden. Christian III of Denmark sent an illustration of the strange creature to then-pope of the Holy Roman Empire, Charles V. According to Nikolai Craig and Stefan Stefanius's work, Den, den Stormagiste Konge Kong Christian Den Tride Konge Til Danmark Og Norge. Okay, in English, the great King Christian III, King of Denmark and Norway. It's perfect, don't my Dutch is perfect. Yeah, it's, art's so good with English. It's good to see him venture <laughs> into other languages. Anyway, according to them, the, this creature was depicted as a human head and face resembling in appearance the men with shorn heads, whom we call monks because of their solitary life. But the appearance of its lower parts, bearing a coating of scales, barely indicated the torn and severed limbs and joints of a human body. At the order of the king, this abominable creature was immediately buried in the ground in order that it should not, as the new and un unusual generally does, as the new and unusual generally does, provide a fertile subject for offensive talk. This was big news, <laughs> and it spread all over Europe. There was a sea monk sighting all over for the next couple centuries, and many naturalists, include including, excuse me, see, so good, at Conrad Gessner. I'm getting, I'm getting sea mouth. Yeah, he's got monk mouth. Uh, they were quick to include it in their compendiums of animals. Some, without ever having seen one. Now, some sources state that sea monk sightings happened as early as the 13th century, as there were catalogs on nature from the time with chapters on strange fishes with references to fish that resemble monks. But what if we dig a little farther back, perhaps to dun, 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 ancient Sumeria. Bum, bum, bum. In several ancient Sumerian cuneiform transcripts, there are references to the Apkalu. The Apkalu were seven demigods and sometimes depicted as half man, half fish, and often associated with wisdom. Could these Apkalu been some kind of reference to the bishop fish or sea monk or vice versa? Maybe, maybe not. Those are the only <laughs> options. There's no research to confirm that at all. <laughs> Depictions of Apkalu were used in apotropaic rituals, that is, rituals to ward off evil spirits. So maybe the bishop fish and sea monk we're here to help us in some way? Well, Andy, it's hard to say with all the abundance of evidence about these damn fish, yeah. but Conrad Gessner had a guess about the bishop fish. Ooh. Well, not a guess, really. I just kind of said that because it sounded funny. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but he did include the bishop fish and sea monk in his Historia Animalium in 1558, which was a compendium encyclopedic inventory of Renaissance zoology. Gessner 
by the way, references writings from earlier French zoologists who also depicted the fishes, or fiches, as I only I like to say. And by the way, none of these men ever saw the creature in person. So this really, you know, this kind of begs the question. Just what the heck are these fishies? <laughs> well, listeners, some researchers have put a, out a surprising amount of work into figuring out just that, believe it or not. Hmm. In Praxin and Holland's research article titled, Was Steenstrup Right? A New Interpretation of the 16th Century Sea Monk and of the Orsund. They pour over every reference to the bizarre fishes throughout history. Paxton a statistical ecologist and marine biologist at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, says the sea monk was most likely a species of shark known as the angel shark, uh, which its uh, like scientific name is uh, Squatina, which was... Uh... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Write your own joke there. Yeah, fill in the blank. Squatina. With its large length, <laughs> subtle scales, and pelvic and pectoral girdles that might appear to be me. Oh, I'm sorry. A monk's habit. The angel shark is the best bet. Paxton also says it's hard to know whether the 16th century scholars and royals actually believed what they caught was a half-man, half-fish creature. While some may have believed in a true chimera or a society of undersea-dwelling European Christian friar fishes. Paxton <laughs> thinks it was most likely them trying to relate the creature they saw to what they were familiar with, a.k.a. religious iconography. But on the other <laughs> fin... I don't know. On the other fin is just funny to me. But on the other fin... On the other fin... <laughs> the king of Denmark, upon hearing of the sea monk's discovery, ordered that it be immediately buried in the ground so it would not, quote provide a fertile subject for offensive talk. Given that theology was baked into natural history at the time, the discovery of a race of half-fish, half-monks would give more importance to Catholicism over Protestant Christian doctrine because monks were traditionally associated with Catholicism. So perhaps they really did believe that these fish hybrids were real and boy were they pious and devout Catholics. So just what was the sea bishop and the sea monk? Are they angel sharks? Are they a race of seafaring Christian mer creatures? Are they good or evil? I don't know, dear listeners. But what I do know is, if I went to my favorite local seafood establishment and the special catch of the day was sea monk, you better believe I'm getting it stuffed inside the whole enchilada. Well, welcome back, listeners. That was our, well, our research into the uh, <laughs> the bishop fish and the sea monk. What a mysterious fish. What a mysterious... <laughs> what a mysterious fish and oh so delish. So tasty. Love it battered and fried. Beat it up and then stick it in hot oil. Here is a question for you, Andy, to oh, ponder. Uh, if there is a bishop fish, does that mean there's also 
a mer people Catholic sex scandal? And a whole society of mer people going to see mer spotlight called Finlight? Thank you. Thank you. I'll Yuck. be here all week. Ugh. I hope that the fish part of the mer people's bodies would make them have some decency to not abuse their youth like human Catholic priests did. Oh, God. <laughs> um, not a lot to dig in here, Andy. Really, you know, what do you think? Do you do you, do you think it was the angel shark? I don't know. I mean, that's you look the, at pictures of the angel shark. I mean, I mean, the back of the angel shark. If you look at it from the top, it kind of looks like a face, like a little bit. I mean, it has kind of a catfishy kind of look. Yeah, head on when you yeah. look at it. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of have to agree. Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks it's very catfish-like. Yeah, so I don't know that that reads human to me, but I guess it kind of depends on what kind of fish you've seen in your life. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I kind of agree with the sentiment that this was a new creature to the people that were seeing it, mm -hmm. and they weren't familiar with it. And maybe it had some characteristics. I mean, I'm no, I mean, whatever a person is that studies fish. Um, but, you know, if uh, if this was something new to them, I kind of agree with the the thought pattern that suggests these folks would have named it and given it characteristics of something that they were familiar with and religious iconography would have been very much in the zeitgeist at this time when these fish were being spotted. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, like they said, religion was baked into everything at the time. That was yeah. how you described everything. Yeah. And, uh, it would be like going around. It would be like me trying to be like, Oh, it's like this obscure reference. How come you guys don't understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, like today we'd probably call it internet fish, <laughs> fishy McFish face. Wow, Andy is not happy. Andy <laughs> hates memes. Ugh, memes. Andy much prefers funny email chains that get sent around. Um, If you've got a meme, don't send it to me. I get so many of them, they're going to be the death of meme. Meme. Me. Fuck. Meme. Can I fucking... Can I get eaten by an angel shark, please? <laughs> Art, you heard it here first, folk. Art wants to get eaten out by an angel oh, shark. Oh, yeah, baby. I want to go to heaven. When that angel shark goes Ooh, to town on me. baby. Heaven is a place on earth. <laughs> angel shark, can you eat me out? <laughs> Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Um, What do you think? Giant squid versus angel shark. What's your take? I mean, looking at some of the depictions of the monkfish... Uh -huh. Looking at pig depictions of uh, the sea monk. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Because some people really think it was a squid, and it could have been a giant squid at that. Uh, it could have been a skate. It could have been a ray. It could have been a, uh, you know, it could have been any of those things. I mean, angel sharks are pretty big, six feet long maybe. Yeah. Uh, six and a half feet, roughly. Two meters. Um for those of you using the metric system, um, you know, uh, I got to go with um, 
I think in most cases I'm going to go with the giant squid, you know, would, really? would win. Are we talking about if they fought each other? Oh, or? no. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to answer that question instead because that's a more interesting question to me. Uh, if a giant squid fought an angel shark, yeah. I'm going to go uh, with the giant squid. I think I would too. Now, the only way that I wouldn't pick if if it was not just a monkfish, but if it was a Shaolin monkfish, then I would pick the Shaolin monkfish over the giant squid. <laughs> Shall the monkfish has been training nonstop. Kung Fin. Oh. Oh no. Uh, so the Shaolin monkfish would beat the the giant squid. Definitely. As for what those people caught, I don't fucking know. I know. Uh, I mean, why didn't they take a picture? <laughs> Take a picture. It'll last longer. Catholic bishops <laughs> in the 14th century. Yeah, it's me, Bill Maher. Uh, why didn't you just take a picture, okay? If you're just taking a picture, Catholic bishops, I'm sorry, okay? New rule. You catch a weird fish, take a picture. <laughs> New rule. Checkmate, Christians. Take a photo if your God is so powerful. Okay. Invent the camera 300 years before it was invented. <laughs> New rule. New rule. Oh, Bill Maher. Oh, thanks for joining the show, Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh. Great to have you. One of Mr. Bunker's oldest friends, <laughs> Bill Maher. Timeless. The timeless entertainer that is Bill Maher. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh, what you know? What's there to say here? What, I mean, what did they catch? I don't know. Yeah, I we mean, don't have pictures of it. We just have documents of it. Vague, vague description of it. It's kind of fucked up looking. I mean, it's a really gross uh, looking little fish. But mm, yeah, it is kind of interesting to see how her religious turmoil influences t- t- science history and over time. Because you know, no one would ever be discussing this. And no one is besides us. Right. And Nick from Joliet. Uh, (laughs) No one would ever be discussing this if there wasn't conflict between Protestants and Catholics. That's that's really what this kind of boils down to, right? Is they caught a weird fish. People are walking around being like, that fish looks like a monk. People are like, well, we can't have that because we're Protestant. Yeah. So now we're talking about it. Yeah. You know, and it's like the depictions of the hands and stuff, they look like fins. You yeah. know, like some some yeah. fish have those like spiny Yeah, they have like things uh, in the fins and bones. then it's webbed in between. Yeah. Fish have bones. Yeah. Fish have, fish do have bones. Stop trying to deny fish their bones. Fish, if you're listening. Give a fish a bone. Yeah, you can get your bones. You can get your bone on chew up. Um Andy, what do you... That is fucking cool as hell. Andy is showing me a... It looks like a uh, a street shark's depiction of of a bishop fish. It's very hogged out and muscular. It's very... Yeah, you know, this this fish is fucking battling the street sharks. And they're winning. You know, maybe it was a squid. With the power of Christ. I guess I could kind of see it being a squid, depending on... Cephalopods take a... You know, they have a lot of different... Shapes and sizes yeah. and different little colorations and spots and stuff. 
I don't know. I think they kind of call it scaly, though, and so that's why I think. Yeah, for me, it's an angle. That's shark. the thing; it doesn't fit with the, you know, I don't know. Just doesn't fit that way. Andy, let me ask you this: You ever experience any thalassophobia? Uh, you ever experience any of that? I don't know. What is that? Fear. Thalassophobia of is an intense and persistent fear of the sea and of sea travel, including uh, being in large bodies of water, fear of the vast emptiness of the sea and fear of, uh, you know, being in, in, uh, fear of a distance from land. So essentially the fear of looking down into the ocean and peering into his vast emptiness or looking out over the ocean and not being able to see land. No, that doesn't scare me. That doesn't scare you at all? No, because the ocean, the one thing that you have to understand is that there's vast emptiness, but it comes to an end. What's much more frightening is the vast emptiness of humanity. What the, the vast fuck? number of people who are completely void of any redeeming qualities. Oh my God. That's much more terrifying. Jeez. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Andy's in a mood. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. He's in a mood right no, now. No, I'm not afraid of the sea. Really? Yeah, fuck the sea. I don't care. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. I'm a rebel bad boy. I don't care. I'll freaking jump my motorcycle over the sea. Whatever. I don't care. You piss in the ocean. You can give a fuck. Piss in the ocean. I'll take a shit in the ocean. I don't care. God damn, Andy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Oceans are cool. <laughs> they are cool. You're not scared of them even a little bit. Nah. You never swam out too far in a public beach to the point where you get out to the buoys where you're not supposed to be, and you're not thinking, I have no fucking idea what is below me, what could come up from the depths at any time and grab my little toesies. I think it's even scarier swimming in a lake. Can't see in a lake. Way too murky. All that mud and sediment. E. coli. And E. coli. And leeches. Um, Man, I remember that. I went to overnight camp. I went to an overnight Christian camp, speaking of Bishop Fish. And uh, we were all swimming in the lake, having fun. As you do. And one of these kids, one of these fucking kids, man. Oh, these fucking kids. He, he, There's a clear path where there's like this, this fake beach that they build, where they obviously imported sand and then Ooh, made it like a fake beach. European sand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're supposed to only enter the lake through that, but he... Entered through this like grassy part with all these like weeds and other things that grow in water. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker got covered in leeches. <laughs> he had to take a god- he had to get take a goddamn salt bath. Uh, they had to take a salt shower. That sucks. Oh man. And I remember. Uh, I think we all laughed. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. Kids are evil. I went to uh, law and citizenship camp for a week when I was a kid, and. Uh, you went to Richard Dawkins' camp for uh, logical, logical conclusions. That was law and citizenship camp. Learned about being a good citizen. Um, Did you actually? Yeah, that's a real story. I went uh, for a week, and uh, yeah, the kids there in the dormitory with me taught me a lot about Oasis, the band. Fuck you. That's true. That's not true. It is true. It's true. I wasn't very. I didn't know anything about Oasis until then. So you learned all about Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
from the kids. At uh, we were more into Champagne Supernova at the time. Mm. That song is too long, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. It's way too long. It ends like five different times. She is electric. She's in a family mm. full of eccentrics. Who's that? Oasis. Oh, okay. Not really familiar with their catalog. They were kind of jerks. Well, what's the story, Morning Glory? <laughs> okay, I got a real uh, Neil... Uh, what's his fucking name? <laughs> Gallagher. Noel Gallagher. Gallagher. Noel and... Uh, uh, what's the other guy, brother's name? Sam. Simon. Billy. <laughs> Andy Zuna's whale calls. <laughs> Uh, I'm the Bishop Whale. I'll absolve you of your krill. Nom, nom, nom. Liam. Yeah, Liam. So you've never experienced any thalassophobia at all. Nothing, <laughs> none of that terrifies you. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, and that's scary to me. You were trapped out in the ocean. You're not afraid at all. I've never been trapped in the ocean. You avoid water? No. Do you avoid the ocean? I'm just not a freaking dummy. I don't swim out to where I can't get back. <laughs> you know your limits. Yeah. I don't push it. Oh. All those little fish swimming around your feet? Eh, whatever. You just kick them. It's part of the part of the deal. You swim in their toilet. Yeah, right? They're like, eh. They're swimming in my toilet. Because <laughs> you ate them and shat them out? <laughs> well, I don't have to eat. <laughs> That's not, toilets don't... If something lives in your toilet, you don't have to only eat... The thing in the toilet. No, you can only put it's shit not, in there. That's not how it works. Andy. I could eat anything and turn it into poopy. <laughs> no. Try me. <laughs> Try me, Art. That's your superpower. <laughs> I could turn anything into poopy. In my tummy. <laughs> Even like immaterial, like inanimate objects that we're not supposed to be eating. Im- immaterial objects. Things that don't exist on this plane. <laughs> I can turn it to poopy. Just as long as it gets in my tummy. Yeah, you got the real uh, <laughs> the real Midas touch, but you turn everything to shit. Yeah, I uh, crappus. I've got uh, an Arcturian stomach. I can digest in the fourth dimension. <laughs> I can digest in the fifth dimension, up, up, and away in my beautiful, <laughs> my beautiful motorboat. Second time you've sang that song on That's this a podcast. Great song. Um, I don't think I have thalassophobia, but it can be a little terrifying. You're scared? Dude, to be out there in the ocean, you can't see what's below you? You're not scared at all? I mean, we know what's under there. No, we don't. A bunch of other stuff. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff in the ocean. You're being a real rude dude, dude. You need to fucking give the ocean its <laughs> due respect, you motherfucker. I, I'm being realistic about it. There's I went snorkeling about a year or two ago. Okay. Well, how nice it must be that you can go on Caribbean vacations well, and snorkel. I was down snorkeling in the ocean. I got to say, Andy, it could be scary. You know where my last vacation was? Wisconsin. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> you sound so sad. I mean, I get it. Wisconsin's a terrible place. <laughs> we'll take Culver's in the Cheese Castle, but everything else you can keep. Cheese Castle's fine. It's just okay. I mean, if you're Culver's if, though, if you're a Cheese Castle lover, I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Hit us up. I've had some good ass curds from there, though. Oh man, there's some good food, but the rest of the thing, I'm like, 
Damn, son. Uh, getting called out. You we know, are a Chicago <coughs> podcast. Go to a go to like a. Uh, we went to like this. Um, oh yeah, you went to Egghead Island, didn't Egg, you? Egg Harbor, Egg Harbor. In oh Door County. yeah, I fucking remember that. Yeah, and there. God damn, that was a long time yeah. ago. It was a few years ago, and um, there was. Um, and it was closed. Yeah, we missed the, the busy season, so it's like everything shut down at like six p.m. because <laughs> it was after the tourist season. It was in October. So you had a real birthday. like The Shining. Uh... It was very dark and very quiet. It was nice. Watching scary movies on AMC. Really? Yeah. You like scary movies? Mm, not that much. Really? But I'd never seen Halloween before. So I watched it. Sounds like you had a good time. You should have gone snorkeling. They had a nice big hot tub. Could have snorkeled in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I did. Clam diving. <laughs> Andy was diving for bearded clams. <laughs> oh, good God. Hey, what's up? You 83 years old? I'm Andy. What? 83? I'm almost 30 and I'm ready to fuck. I went with my wife. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're going to have a little fun. I didn't. <laughs> Wait, I did. I did. <laughs> I didn't. I went with my wife. <laughs> no, she's great. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we love Amanda. Yeah. Both of us. We both do. The same amount. Yep. Andy and I are in a triangle relationship. <laughs> we would not survive if we were all in a big polygamy relationship together, huh? No. That would fucking suck. Yeah, it'd be terrible to live with you. I don't blame you. And you wouldn't enjoy living with me. No, I would not. I'd make sure of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I think it would be worse for Amanda. Yeah, <laughs> she'd definitely get the shortest end of this stick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not much more to discuss here, huh? You got um, anything you want to bring up? I don't know what to even bring up. I've got to be honest. It's it's yeah. very there's very spotty evidence of the existence, and you know, I mean, tr- if I'm being truthful with you, right out of the gate, I gotta say it just seems like they didn't know what to call it, and the, the classification of it was poor. It was just not uh, handled in a very scientific fashion. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably a thing that exists still, but we just don't see it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, people were dumb back then. I mean, people yeah. were so dumb. I mean. How dumb do you have to be? Do you ever think about how if you went back in time, like, you would instantly be a witch? Like, a billion times better than everybody that ever existed <laughs> up to that point. I mean, like it's both true. in quality of character and in the stuff that you know. People always say like, "Oh, I'd go back in time and I'd show them my phone and it'd be <clears> like, there's no Wi-Fi." Yeah. Why would they even understand what you're doing? They'd be like, "What?" I mean, your phone device would still freak them out. That you had like a, even a calculator in your phone would freak people out. I think I think you would go back to this point. You say it would freak them out. They'd be like, I don't even understand what you're doing. Like, if you showed me technology that. that's so far advanced that I can't conceptualize it, I'm going to be like, I'm not freaked out by this. I just don't even understand it. Like, you're going to have to explain it to me because I'm not. I think it would shock people. But why? Because they can't comprehend it. It would be like a uh, Eldrick nightmare opened up and their brains explode. <laughs> no. Like Cthulhu. You know, you know what would shock them? 
is if you brought an a, electric cattle prod. <laughs> yeah, the, the cattle prod, the taser you brought with you. Because <laughs> if I go back in time, I'm going to figure out a way to hurt the people that lived in the past. I'm not going to be benevolent. It sounds like fun. Um, no, bring a Polaroid. That'll freak them out. What do you mean? Take their picture. Like, can you imagine going back in time like 800 years and taking people's pictures? Your phone could do that. But, yeah, I mean, like you, you don't said, need Wi-Fi to use the camera on your phone. All right. Well, then bring your phone. I'm just saying, like, you I'm have a phone. I'm just saying, take a picture then. <laughs> I will. That's my point. It doesn't matter how you do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess a picture would. Any camera would freak them out. Yeah. I mean, they can conceptualize a camera, though. You know what I'd do, though? I'd drive... <laughs> I'd drive my motorcycle through that time portal <laughs> and I'd be blasting guns and roses and that'd freak him out. <laughs> He'd be singing, take me down to paradise city. <laughs> I'd, drive, I'd drive to the earliest time of humans where we came out to the grasslands from the trees and I'd drive right up and I'd be blasting, welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. <laughs> What's up? I'm your descendant. <laughs> They'd be freaking the fuck out. That'd show them. <laughs> Fucking show our dumbass ancestors how goddamn cool we are and how lame they were. Lucy, get over here, Lucy. Tonga child, get over here. <laughs> Tonga child. Tong, tong child. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was Jomu's balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Andy, before we get to our verdicts, um, let's talk a little bit. What creature would you gift to the king of Poland? You are, uh, you are a, uh, uh, you know, you're a uh, fisherman. You're out there on the seas. Fisherman. You catch something in the Baltic Sea. You don't know what the fuck it is. But you're going to gift it to the king of Poland. Uh, I caught something. I don't know what it is. And then I have to decide what I'm going to gift him. Is what question? it is. What are you gifting him? Oh. So I, I get to create this mis- mysterious creature. Yeah. What okay. you caught. All right. So, Or I guess uh, you don't have to catch it if you don't want to. I'm going to but... answer the question the way I want to answer it. Okay. So, I'm going to use the fish as bait, and I'm going to snag an actual living uh, two-headed eagle, like uh, an eagle that was born with two heads, like it absorbed a twin in the in the egg. Sure. Uh, and that's what I'm going to gift to the king of Poland. Wow. That's pretty fucking rad. Yeah. I think the king of Poland would be into that. I think he would be. I think he would be. Um... And that's it. That's it. That's all I would do. Uh, Art, what would you give the king of Poland? Uh, um, you know, I guess I'm looking at the coat of arms. Monarchy of Poland. Not a double eagle. Just one. Well, yeah, you fucked up. So I'm sorry to our Polish listeners. Oh boy, out there, I'm sorry for Andy. I'm sorry for the way he behaved today. Um. So, 
Yeah, I guess I just get a regular eagle. <laughs> Be a lot easier to catch. <laughs> I just get one white eagle. Use the fish as bait. Um, you know how you catch an eagle? How do you do that? Just toss the fish up in the air until it flies by. You can get it with a big net. Really? <laughs> sure. Sounds right. as good as anything else. You and your lies today. <laughs> You're a liar. Yeah. You're like a little sneaky bishop sea monk yeah, fish. A little, little sneaky fish. Um, man, I don't know what I would gift the king of Poland. That's a great question. Maybe I'll gift him one of those uh, piranha, like those uh, piranha plants from Mario. Yeah. That's like what I, you would I catch. I found this in a pipe. That's what. I had a little pipe dream. Uh, that's you would catch. You would catch one of those things. Yeah, and I would give it to the king of Poland, and I would say, "Here you go." He'd be like, "Job well done." That's what he would say. You know what? I'd really. You know, would be a really good gift, though. Potatoes. Everyone loves potatoes. <laughs> that's true. Or you could get the king of Poland an exotic animal. This is the potato fish? Something that they don't have. Like a Sumatran rhino. Wow, what a pull. Hmm? You've been reading more about animals? <laughs> no. Uh, just What's... been flipping through zoo books. <laughs> <laughs> Got my collection of zoo books at home. <laughs> and, he still, and he still does the accelerated reader program. <laughs> He's hoping to win that Pizza Hut pizza day for his whole class. Yeah, I love the accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um kind of interesting though that uh while i was researching this topic there's um there's a theory that the cat the catholic bishop mitre their mm-hmm. hat the hat that they wear the hat this that bishops wear was uh basically taken from followers of the canaanite slash Mesopotamian god Dagon, mm-hmm. who was also a half man, fish god. half fish god. Mm-hmm. Um, followers of Dagon wore cute little hats like that, yeah. and then over time they morphed into the bishop mitre. Yeah, kind of a separate uh, theory altogether. Listeners, if you're interested in it, get at us. Um, kind of, kind of interesting to think. I, I think you know. They could have very well have taken that. Things get passed down throughout history like this. Right. Um, it's it's kind of weird too how this like bishop fish is like so interesting to so many people. Like there are researchers who are like fascinated with figuring this thing out and what it was. Kind of like the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I need about tree fitting. <laughs> um, yes you do yeah Andy I don't have much more here uh, this is this is a light you know it's white fish it's very light <laughs> um, enjoy it with a little white wine a little Pinot Noir I think that's a white wine I don't know um, get a little uh, how would you how would you cook here we go. Here's You're thinking of Pinot Grigio. Is Grigio white? Pinot Noir is red. Oh, fuck me. I don't know. No, I'd prefer not to. 
<laughs> Andy, how would you prepare the bishop fish the bishop and the sea fish? Mud? What's your what's your favorite way to prepare this motherfucker? Oh, you know, um you have to you have to cook the bishop the king of Poland instead of giving <clears throat> the bishop fish back to the sea says, "Fine, I'll fucking cook this up. I'll have my chef, my executive chef Andy Hart cook up very Polish name." Uh Yeah. Andrzej Hartpowski. Uh you have Andrzej Andrzej Hartkowski. There you go. Uh, you have to cook up the bishop fish for the king in a big meal. Yeah. How do you prepare it? Um, wow. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can prepare fish, and it turns out quite delicious. Um, obviously, one way is to batter and fry it, um, and I think that that would be a good preparation. But is um, that really a preparation fit for a king? That's what I'm thinking, and, and I think that it's probably not. And, and so I think that, um, you know, simple is oftentimes very elegant. And so I think the best thing that you could do is um, cook this fish in a skillet uh, on the stovetop. Uh, I would use... So you're searing it? Are you scaling it? Are you taking the scale? Are you filleting it? I you mean, know, what are you doing? I mean, ju- judging from what we know, I think you're probably s- taking the skin off. This is obviously you're taking the head off. Fillets, yeah. I don't think you're serving this whole. Um, that that would be quite. a You're sight. boning it and cleaning it, <laughs> and uh, all the the. Well, if you want to make more fi- half fish, half human babies, <laughs> you're gonna have to bone it. Yeah, half fish, half human. Okay, uh, and then I'm just gonna do it very simply in a, a sauce of. Of uh, white wine mm-hmm. and butter mm. and uh, lemon juice Ooh. and um, garlic capers and capers. Wow, you're gonna throw a little capers there. I like the like a little chicken piccata. Notes. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that's a delicious way to have uh, enjoy almost anything. I would I would batter it and lightly fry it. I would lightly batter it and fry it and maybe do the same thing you did. I don't like fish as much as you. In fact, I uh, don't like fish at all. No, that's a lot less than me. Yeah, I very rarely in my life have ever had preparations of fish that I enjoy. The few have you ever tried preparation H? <laughs> it's great on fish. Spicy, <laughs> tangy. <laughs> God, no, uh, that's for your hemorrhoids, Andy. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat it. Uh. Just I've got hemorrhoid it. rage. <laughs> Boy, Andy Hart is in full force tonight, like the raging sea of the bishop fish. You should have trestlephobia of me. Yeah, I do. What's it called? Uh, thalassophobia. Thalassophobia of me. Yeah, I do. Coming out of the of deep. What's inside me? Coming out of the deep, uh, telling me the uh, deep puns. pools of my mind. Yeah. No, I uh, I usually only like fried fish. Typically, mm. that's the only way I'll ever eat fish mm. is if I fry it. Um, certain preparations of tilapia I've liked in the past. Very mild mm-hmm. fish. What don't you like about fish? The taste. It's too fishy. <laughs> so you don't No like- amount of fucking butter and lemon and hot sauce can take away that disgusting, fishy, fucking gross dumpster taste. So you you like something with a very light taste. Yeah. And when you fry it, you're just really tasting that fry. And you're putting I'm putting so much shit in it. I'm putting so much hot sauce and lemon on it. Uh tartar sauce. Oh god, I love tartar sauce. 
Um, I've had fish lots of different ways. I just don't care for it, man. Hmm. Sorry. What about other sea creatures like lobster or crab? Lobster's or- even grosser. Let's eat this fucking nasty-ass sea bug. You're gross. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> you rarely ever eat it how it is. You base that shit in butter. You put a bunch of mayonnaise and other bullshit inside of your lobster salads for your rolls. So damn gross. Yeah, you phonies. Come at me, man. Eat a eat a lobster like I do. Whole. Shell and all. <laughs> I mean, you're getting surf and turf. You're putting butter all over it. Yeah. I don't care for it. I don't like oysters at all. I don't like... Uh, I'm not never going to eat those raw. Fried clams I like. Fried calamari I love. Fried... Shrimp? I like. What did you use to get at Shrimpies? Famously, listeners, you're not listening, uh, Andy and I and our friends used to meet at a fried seafood place before uh, an improv show that we run. It's called Skull Mountain. Yep. And... Uh, and uh, uh, Nick from Joliet helps us. Well, actually, he does all the work. Uh, we anyway, we used to meet at this place, and we used to get food. And I would famously get an order of fried chicken wings and an order of fried clams, clam strips, chicken wings and clam strips. Okay, it's great, great. Okay, and you used to get fried scallops. I got all over the menu. I like shrimp. I like yeah. You creamed all over that scallops, the clams. I like it all, baby. I had the wings before. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. But um, yeah, I think my preparation is similar to yours. But I'm also frying it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a light battering. I'm gonna dredge it in some flour. Um, do they use an egg? dredging when they usually do fish probably or do you do maybe something different i personally like a liquid batter like inst- I like oh, a batter instead yeah, of like a dredge. batter you're right you batter the fish you don't really dredge it that yeah. would be weird i mean you could do it you could dredge it but i i kind of have a preference for the batter i've made fish tacos in the past that were pretty decent maybe i'll make some fish tacos Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll make my fish taco recipe for the king of Poland. Wow. Which is just usually a, a tilapia filet that I season with um, chili powder, maybe some paprika and some cayenne, maybe, you know, and then obviously maybe I hit it with a little salt after it's done. And you just cook it in olive oil, like five minutes aside or whatever. And you make a nice lime slaw for your slaw and you put that with some maybe some corn Stanislaw you could call it that for the king of Poland good you might like that and then um, yeah I mean that's it that's all you really need for a good fish taco yeah so maybe I'll serve that to the king of Poland see how he fucking likes that and then I'll say give me the witcher books in exchange Witcher novels, that's the prize of Poland. (laughs) Uh, That's what the king of Poland is giving back. uh, You can get our listeners, you can get our recipes in the show notes. (laughs) 
<laughs> detailed instructions on how to make all of these dishes you heard about today. Delicious dishes that you heard about today, folks. Well, Andy, uh, time to get to our verdicts. Verdict coming at you. Uh, for me, case closed, it was an angel shark. Whoa, you're saying it's an angel shark. Yep. I mean, case closed, there was never any hybrid creature. I will say... To make this more interesting, I'm just going to say highly plausible that it is an angel shark. There is debate amongst the scientific community, but I think uh, after reviewing the evidence presented and the photos depicted, I think it is the Squatina, the angel shark, what they caught. Um, That's what I'm going to go with. Highly plausible that it's an angel shark. Case closed. It was never a human-fish creature hybrid. Okay, um, I'm going to go, in the case of, was there a hybrid race of European Roman Catholics living under the sea, half human, half fish, um, I'm going, case closed, that's not real, um, yeah. what did they actually catch? Boy, I don't know for sure. I'm going to say I'm going to say plausible it was the angel shark. I'm going to say plausible uh molecule it was a giant squid. Um and I'm going to say I'm going to say plausible for the field that it was literally any other fish <laughs> in the world. <laughs> wow. That's open-ended. <laughs> That's the Andy I know and love. Literally saying it could be anything in if the world. If they ever figure out what it was, I'll be right. You'll be right. Wow, Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, Andy's on his motorcycle. He's ready to fucking ride. Uh, listeners, if what do you think? Do you think we're right or wrong? What do you think it was? Do you think it was actually half mer people? Let us know. Use the hashtag... Uh, Show us on the fish where the bishop fish touched you. Oh, no. No? That's so long and terrible. Uh, okay. Um, you say terrible. I say groovy, baby. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, let's do... Um, sea monkeying around. Hashtag, sea, I'm not sea monkeying around. Sea monk, sea do. Okay. Hashtag sea monk. There's some bishop fishes that live by that code, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, They yeah. see mug and they see do. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Use the hashtag see monk see do. See monk see do. They're hanging out in the rectory. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea. Oh, boy. Under the sea? Yeah, he made a real sea anemone out of me. <laughs> Not a fan of that behavior. Yeah, I got a sea anemone. We got to go get Cinema's listeners. We got to get out of here. Otherwise, we'll never stop. <laughs> yeah, we need a little vitamin C enema. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this episode's over. We're about to swim out of here. Thanks for listening. Listeners, we love you. We appreciate you. You know your daddies love you. We're your daddies. You're our children. You're our children. Anyway, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my sanguine... Sanguine. Is accurate. Uh, co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
Splish splash, I was taking a bath. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.